Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 86 of the Retro Rents Retro Gaming Podcast. It's funny, I called it 87 uh, when we started. Uh, obviously, just a, a flub, a mistake. But, yeah, we've been away for a bit, uh, mainly because we have been preparing a bunch of interviews. And we are kicking this special episode off with our interview with David Lee Holm, actor and writer. Uh, for you fans of classic games, especially Sierra games, uh, David plays Don Gordon in Phantasmagoria, the antagonist, um, and the, the person we all wished we could save uh, in the game. But we had so much fun with David. We really want to just take a second to say thank you. Uh, he hung out with us for a while last night, and you know we got I got to know him personally a little bit during the week. And he really was just a great person. And we can't wait to have him back, hang out, and uh, see what he's up to. But we really hope you have as much fun listening to this as we did recording it. Because we had a blast. Did you hear that, Jeremy? <laughs> Thank you again, David. We really had a good time. And I can't wait for you all to hear the show. Uh, until next time, everybody, take care. Have fun, play games, don't be dicks, and enjoy our interview with David Lee Holm. It takes a day from Houston to get out of Texas. You can tell <laughs> They're great. Can I go back to the casino? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. And uh, we're back to my little trip. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It's the Retro Rents Retro Gaming Podcast. This is episode 87, the special episode we've been hinting about for a while, and I am Al. I'm Nick. And we are joined by the amazing Don Gordon. I mean, David Holm. David, <laughs> hi. <laughs> Hello, everybody. What's this, episode 86? 87, sir. 87. 87, 87, alright So, well, as you can tell We don't record every week Because we've been doing this for four years <laughs> <laughs> I don't no. know, technically challenges I am half the time, I swear <laughs> It's all good, man I'll be honest It's uh, it's a real privilege to have you um, You know, I'm, I'm happy to break the fourth wall We've been talking with David for a couple days And, and chatted with you on the phone um and and i have to i have to give the preamble of how this whole thing came about because it's probably one of my favorite moments in this little four-year podcasting uh hobby career that we have so there i am um i'm getting ready to go to sleep i'm reading some kindle books and i get a message on facebook and i've been following you for a while like i've seen like you know like a happy birthday or whatever. I've been on your Facebook for a bit, but I got a message from you that, that said something along the lines of, all right, I'm checking out your podcast. It sounds pretty interesting. I just hope this isn't one of the ones I should have been on already. And I was like, fuck, all right, let's reach out to David. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm sure I put in there prior to that, that uh, I listened to your podcast. Now, a lot of it goes over my head. But it's fun. I have a lot of laughs too, and learn. Uh, 
appreciate that. <laughs> no, like, uh, you know, uh, we were telling you on the phone this week, like, Nick and I used to just sit and talk like this on our lunch break. And um, and my own selfish reason reason for getting into this was, you know, when I was a kid and I was playing these Sierra games, I'd see the credits and the names in the credits. And I didn't care who it was. Like, I wanted to talk to these people because, like, these were the games that helped you know, shape my imagination and creativity and childhood. And Phantasmagoria is definitely up there. I still remember buying that game at a flea market up here. And that that's a fucking adventure in itself. We could talk about <laughs> that one time. <laughs> but, um, but, and I remember, like, I had, the, it came in the box. Like, it was, it was all, you know, under, you know, completely wrapped, brought it home. And this is uh, 1990. It was pretty much the year it came out. It was just a little bit later than release and brought it home. And it's like, we like the box is like, we recommend playing this with the lights out and headphones on. Mind you, I'm, I don't know. I'm probably like 14 at the time. I was like, all right, shut everything (laughs) out. Shut everything out. You know, it was already, uh, you know, getting to be nighttime, and that game scared the shit out of me. Because, oh, nice. like, but let's let's. So you're the antagonist in that game, and we'll definitely get there. But I'd love for you to take us through. Like I always say, it's like the superhero origin story. You know, you're an actor, you're a writer, a great writer too. I've been enjoying your new book. We'll get to that too. But like, what shaped you on this path of your career? Like, what? got you started what do you mean in, in uh acting or in the games uh well acting in general let's start there uh it really boiled down to a seventh grade teacher who uh you know i have adhd they didn't know what it was then i was just the uh most hyper kid in the freaking school and uh <laughs> always uh, uh but, but i made you know straight A's and I was just, but I it was like, I was never paying attention. And, and she saw that, uh, there was something else and, and pulled me aside after class and said, you know, I, I think you'd be really good, you know, um, maybe acting one day, but you know, because you, all the kids love to hear you talk. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, and there's a competition in the city of Arlington and it's, uh, you write a speech and, uh, you have to write it yourself and then you give it it's three minutes and, uh, ended up winning, winning, uh, the competition. And it was funny what? because my mine was called, please think. And it was, please think about the gas you're spending every day when, when you don't have to go somewhere. And it was <laughs> like, uh, I know, and me now, you know, or since then, you know, I drive all over the Damn, place. Seventh grade, like that's 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 pretty intense. Yeah, and I didn't even really pay attention to news or politics or anything at that time, so I was amazed. I wrote that, you know, looking back many many years later, but I ended up winning that, and uh, realized, wow, that was fun. I like being in front of people, and there's a there's a nice commanding or there's presence. Uh, yeah. And uh, so I, I took drama the next year and just never stopped. That's awesome, man. Like, so, and and we mentioned this too, like you, you kind of have like this dual career path, like, and, and just as someone else with, with ADHD, I, I totally 
can relate, you know, to being completely bored in school, but getting by without, you know, trying too hard. But I, I found a similar creative outlet in writing. And I was really, like, excited to realize that you were also a writer. And did those two moments combine? Was, like, was that when you realized you wanted to be a writer? Or was that something earlier or, or later? Uh uh, I didn't notice a combination uh, when when Miss, the teacher was Miss Putnam. I don't know if she's even still alive, but I I owe the world to that wonderful woman um, oh. that encouraged me in the beginning. But no, the writing uh, and uh, didn't really think about this until recently when my parents said, you know, you you have been writing since you learned to write. And I, evidently, I used to write pieces all the time and read them to mom. And, and I read a lot. Uh, one, one year, uh, mm-hmm. sixth six or seventh grade, uh, you know, I won the year of competition. I read 364 books. Wow. One day shy, I guess, reading a book a year to mom every day, every single day. You know, Island of the Blue Dolphins. Yeah. And I mean, just one thing after another. Um, but the writing... You know, I've I've always done. It just is something that uh, was a, a an outlet. But I I always wanted to put my thoughts down ever since I was obviously very young. Uh, and when I left for California in the summer of 1987, uh, <clears throat> it was reminded to me in the driveway as I was driving away from my family to go on what they called a great adventure in my condominium mm-hmm. on wheels, which is a van I rebuilt into a condominium. Um, I said, they said, well, go off and be a movie star. And I said, I'm not going away to be a movie star. I'm, I'm, I have no desire or care. That's not at all. I'm going because from the time of Miss Putnam, I realized I could do the most affecting on people, probably do the most good through whatever this is. I was born with, and it didn't come from y'all because y'all have no talent. So whatever I was born with, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, uh, I just knew that was my, my strongest suit. And, um, mom said, and do you remember what you said right before you left? You turned around and you said, and by the way, I will probably be much better known or known at all for my writing than my acting, although it's going to probably take many years before that comes to be. Wow. And I, I did not even remember saying that. And I started that day as I drove, you know, it takes, it takes a day from Houston to get out of Texas. You get in another day. <laughs> I started writing then and uh, that'll be, that'll be the, uh, the next book but in the end of the book that just came out, I put three pieces in there, but that's, uh, it's not daily, but it's, it's, you know, just whenever, whenever, you know, it came out and that's the way I write. I can't sit there and go, okay, now let's write. Uh, and I'll, I'll think of nothing, nothing. Yeah. But when it comes out, I gotta, I gotta write it by hand. I can't, I can't, uh, I did uh, the little dictaphones. Remember those? Uh, yeah. yeah. I thought, yeah, I'll do that. I got like 54 of them full. <laughs> I couldn't even transcribe it. I tried to get somebody to do it, a lady one time, and she went, you know, it's going to cost you thousands of dollars to get this transcribed. Plus, you got to be there. I can't can't always tell what you're 
exactly said or saying and so i i don't know what's on those 54 tapes i would love to have those transcribed and i'm sure some of it's brilliant some of some of it's got to be but i wrote all the way through and that'll be the next book um and that's my journey from 87 to 2006 in california very different feelings than the book you just read if you ever want to split that work up over a couple people, I'll be happy to help. I, I, it's a weird, weird obsession. I, I like to try to translate speech to text, but we won't get into that. I'm just a weird guy. But, well, and um, I'd be happy to send you several of them, and then you just, uh, you may say, oh, yeah, that worked, or oh hell no. I'll just, people. I'll send you, I'll send you what you say. You can do whatever you want with it. <laughs> but no, that's that's awesome. Like it's so amazing to me that you you really had a very solid understanding of, of what you wanted to do with, you know, the gifts that you were born with so early on. I had written, uh, there was a Sam Shepard, his favorite writer, actor of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, uh, and and he, he really got noticed in a, a one act play competition nationwide. And I wrote a one act play uh, it was about two years before I, I left for California and, and I made the top 10. Other than that, Never, I've never really let anybody read anything. I just wrote. I have He's so wrote. much. Yeah. <laughs> and not that my handwriting <clears throat> the neatest either, because sometimes I have to look at it and say, okay, use it in a sense. What am I saying? Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, now I get it. I had my wife ask me to type a the good morning note. I, I left her just as a surprise one time. My handwriting's garbage. <laughs> but. <laughs> Nick, I'll hand this next one off to you. I'm excited for this one. Yeah. So obviously you're, you're on your way to California. Do you kind of recall your uh, your first audition, or, may, or maybe even like your first successful audition? Like you know, like either what was the part, or what drew you into to doing it? Was, was it just you know, kind of whatever came your way, or was it like specific projects? Well, the second, uh, I guess, epiphany, because I I, I uh, you know, you grew up on the stage. Uh, mm. uh, Pretty much, that's the way it is, and we're in great. I mean, it's a wonderful way to talk about it. Uh, you know, I did so many stage productions, uh, musicals, oh, wow. whatever. But anyway, uh, uh, another epiphany, right? What happened in seventh grade was I was eighteen, or maybe I was nineteen, and I was working as a bellhop. You know, wearing the little cap. You look like a organ monkey. You know, beside the the guy at a fair and uh but he delivered the luggage and it was a it was a nice play nice hotel and and i saw in the newspaper actually somebody told me it said tv show dallas no it said uh movie shooting in dallas movie shooting in dallas and Mm -hmm. need extras and i thought well that would be an opportune first time to get on set because i was more interested always as an actor to know what the cameras were, know what the lenses yeah. were, know what the lighting and uh, how they did it. And as much as I was ever into the acting. And so oh, wow. had a lunch hour. I took off. It was about a 15-minute drive. There was a line of people, 500, 400 people. I don't know. It was a huge line. I was like, oh, my gosh. And, and this was a very strict hotel. You know, you, you can't be late. And I'm trying <laughs> and I'm I'm still wearing the little cap on my head, the whole outfit. And I'm in line, and 
I'm thinking, oh, man, and it's moving so slow, and I'm thinking, oh, man, man, man. And then uh, these, these couple ladies come walking by, and they stop at me, and they just stare at me, and they kind of whisper to themselves and said, could you come with us? Uh, no, they asked me to take the little cap off. <laughs> I did, and they go, would you come with us, please? And it was at the Marriott, went into a room at the Marriott Hotel, and put me in a room, said, we'll be back shortly. They took off, and then I, I'm watching the clock. There's five minutes go by, and then there's ten yeah. minutes, and I'm like, Phew, I got, I have to leave in twenty minutes, or I'm going to be fired. <laughs> and they came back in, the ladies, with uh, two other ladies, one with hair, uh, one with makeup, and one had a costume, these overalls, flowery, uh, 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 printed corduroy. And said, "Could you put this on? New little makeup. You don't mind staying, do you?" Uh, we need to, to see if you're right for this. And <laughs> after that moment, I went, well, I'm fired. That's it. <laughs> I am a bellhop no longer, no matter what turns out. I'm going to be fired yeah, yeah. whether I get this or not. And then I uh, put this outfit on. They put some makeup on me. And I sat there for another 15 or 20 minutes. And then uh, this man walks in with a couple of other people. And he goes, hi, I'm Wes Craven. I'm directing this film. Holy shit. Well, I didn't know who Wes Craven was. I don't think hardly really anybody did. This is in the beginning for him as well. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. And uh, he's looking at me and he goes, yeah, I can see it. I can really see it. And I'm just thinking, see what? What the hell? <laughs> and then comes uh, a few minutes later, comes in Ernest Borgnine. Oh, my and God. Lois, I know. And Lois Nettleton who I, I huh. knew both of them, and then Lisa Hartman, dressed the same as I am, and they took some Polaroid. <laughs> I have a Polaroid somewhere. Her and I look like I would have been such a pretty girl. I had, you know, long hair. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been a very pretty girl, because her and I, she was beautiful, and we looked just alike in this Polaroid, like twins. <laughs> wow. And then uh, Wes and the casting director, everybody came in and said, okay, um, that's it. We would like to use you in this film for the next six weeks. And so congratulations. Would you like to be a part of the movie Deadly Blessing? And I went, uh, yes. And Captain Richard said, I've already talked to your agent. You're good to go. Contracts are sent over. And I was like, <laughs> so I walked back to the hotel. When I went back to the hotel. I walked in and the manager goes, you are so late. You are fired. And I just laid the stuff there and go, I don't even have a chance to quit. Uh, I'm <laughs> off of my career. That was a, that was a biggie because Ernest Borgnine and Lois Nelson really took me under their arms. And as, in the evening, uh, when we'd be done shooting, they would come in and run scenes with me, just acting scenes, like a class. And I was telling them, I'm ready to go to L.A. I'm right. And they said, no, you're not. No, you've got to learn the camera. Awesome. That's so awesome. I know. It was uh, It was a real moment, you know. And so I spent the next, oh, I don't know, seven years, eight years on nothing but camera work. Well, theater too, but camera work. Until I thought, I will be able to compete. And then I told my agent... I'm going to move to, oh, there was an audition in Dallas. Yeah. Had a lead role that I thought fit me. And she said, David, you're a theater actor. You're a local actor. 
um, these people are out of Los Angeles. You'll never star in movies. And I said, well, that shows how bad of an agent you are. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving for real. California. And I, I had fun because I had a lot of fun, be it B movies. And some of them were pretty damn good. I'm sure my part in all of them was damn good, but <laughs> I've seen them. And I would, uh, I had a big joy out of sending, uh, I'd sign a poster because by the, by the fourth one or so, you know, I was able to get my name on the poster or the photo and I would sign it and send it to her office and go, hmm, surprise. And then, <laughs> kind of, that's kind a of really tacky. Maybe such a oh, oh, sorry, what? No, it's, uh, to me, like, I love that you took, you know, something like that for, for somebody that, that, you know, may not be ready to hear it, you know, from an agent. There are, there are people in this world that's like, well, shit, maybe I don't have it. And, you know, you were just like, no, nah, I'm going to go do it. And you, you sent the signed poster. Like, how many people in this life want to do, you know, something like that to be able to say, yeah, I did it. And, like, that's awesome, man. That's really cool. And to be able to actually send a poster, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I've never, ever no. I've never ever listened to no, and I same thing with rules. I uh, I've always colored outside the lines, and yep. thought who made up these rules? Whoever it was wasn't in my position now, <laughs> and screw it anyway. Time for some new rules. And That's it was so kind of tacky. Awesome. This was kind of tacky. So you know, by the time I had my first, I don't know. 10 or 15 year high school reunion and I think you know, the 20 25th you know I I was I was working every time for real but I would sign posters and send them <laughs> I, I, was, I was voted most likely to succeed didn't say in what but uh, and I would send those and so, you know, I uh, I look forward to going to the next uh, I'm sorry, family reunion, high school reunion, um, because I haven't seen these people, and I, I guess something's coming up because I'm starting to get a lot of invites from my high school friends, and I'm looking at the photos, and some of these my best friends. I look so long. I know the name, but I'm like, wow, if I bumped into them on the street, I wouldn't even know them. <laughs> and everybody goes, you still look the same, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, not quite, but yeah. Close. <laughs> no, I I get that though, man. Like that's a, I I like I'm come. Uh, geez, I already. All right, I'm coming up on my twenty fifth. <laughs> uh, shit, and it's one of those like, all right. So some of the hair from the back of my head migrated elsewhere, but like I, I you know, I've had people walking up to me like, oh my god, how are you? It's so good to see you, and it's like. I feel so bad and I can't remember the name and it's not even being a dick. It's just like after having kids, my brain is mush, but no, like that must be a really cool thing. Like you've, you've, you know, at this point you've, you've established yourself. Like you're on a poster. Like, I don't care what anybody says when you, when you get on, you know, a movie poster or whatever that is, like, that's, that's a thing. Like you are part of something that, you know, wherever that poster ends up, it will live and, you know, live on. And so you're, you're establishing yourself, you're building a rhythm. Um, and so let me just, uh, 
I, I need to check a date before I sound like an idiot. Uh, all right, so it's 1995, and that's the release date. So I'm imagining this started in 1994. You, you know, this is the birth of the CD-ROM drive and that it was uh, affordable to your average person. Um, it was out a couple of years before, but they were insanely expensive. Uh, and it wasn't uh, uh, reasonable for even game companies to really start producing games on them until around 1994. And this company, you know, Sierra Entertainment, uh, were easily the gold standard in computer games, adventure games especially. Uh, but they were one of those, you know, you walked into the computer game store, Electronics Boutique in my case, or, you know, what became GameStop. Um, and you saw that logo on the box, like you didn't even have to look at the the text on the back. It was like, oh, Sierra made it. I'm going to buy it. And Sierra really went hardcore into the potential of CD-ROMs with what were called full motion video games. Um, and this gets into uh, kind of like the next part where, where I'd love to hear your story. Uh, Phantasmagoria, which was definitely one of Sierra's biggest productions at the time. They wanted to make a realistic, graphic, scary horror game. And, you know, David, you can go into the part you were chosen to play uh, and all that. But I would love to hear, like, when did you hear about this company out of, you know, from what I've heard from other people, like Nowhere, California, making this this game? And, and how, you know, what was that audition like from hearing about it to, to going and trying out? Well, um, just you know, prior to that, in '93, I was excited. I signed with finally a big, you know, Beverly Hills agent, Woo-hoo! and uh, you know, but still, seventy uh, percent of all the jobs I ever got, you know, I was offered to people getting a hold of me, and that's before social media. I can't even imagine what it would be like at oh this God. point. And uh, my, I. And I, I recently just mentioned this at uh, a CGG interview because I just found the, this whole folder. And there was one, and it said, uh, my first uh, CD-ROM job, 1993, Rand McNally Maps Company. And my agent, and there's a sticky note with my agent saying, David, these people want you for this thing called a CD-ROM. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but they want you for it. Uh-huh. That's how that's how little you know. I guess it was really in the mainstream of Hollywood agents and stuff at the moment. You know, it was such a new right. media. And then uh, when I got Fantas, when they called me the first time, I uh, I had you know status symbol. I had to carry that big phone like soldiers carry with a three pound battery. <laughs> uh, oh, it's awesome! You had one of those just to show off. You couldn't carry a <laughs> signal for. We'd never be able to do this, of course, or you couldn't hold a phone call. That's in L.A. You drive between one canyon and the next, you're gone. Um, but I had just walked into a casino in Lafayette, Nevada, carried the phone, you know, down there because such a status symbol, and just started playing, and the phone rang, and it was the uh, casting director. said, David, hey, they, some people, they really uh, – have a cool project and want to see you for a CD-ROM game. I went, uh, uh, um, what, a pixel character? 
I mean, uh, nobody's even going to know who I am. Uh, right. No, not right now. And hung up, and then then I got a, another call, and they convinced me to come. He directed mm-hmm. his wife, actually. <clears throat> convinced me to come, and I went back to L.A. and met with Roberta and and Mark Hood and Peter. And yeah. I think that was about it, uh, Victoria. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's a 30-minute thing, and said, uh, we definitely want you to be, uh, Roberta, I definitely want you to play Don. I can see it. Finally, I looked at other people. I just couldn't see it and whatever. I don't know. And uh, said, great. Can I go back to the <laughs> casino? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And uh, went back to finish my <laughs> little trip. <laughs> and uh, then I, you know, I showed up in uh, the little prop plane flying into Oakhurst. Actually, when Oakhurst is, uh, I guess, Fresno. Maybe it was our course. I mean, this was a little plane that, you know, little <laughs> four-seater. And uh, got off and uh, handed me the script and the envelope of per diem cash. And, you know, it was 400-something pages. And I, I thought, what the hell? <laughs> and I remember saying, what, what is this about exactly? I really <laughs> had no idea. It goes, it's like this shining, but you're like really crazier. <laughs> and it's going to be cool, man. It's like a movie and a computer. And I didn't own a computer. I didn't own a computer for a couple of years after I'd even finished the game. And uh, it was the best job of my life. Oh, that's awesome. By far the funnest. And I had no idea that it would carry with so many. The fans have been just, I mean, it's just given me life and just given, it's just wonderful. I can't even, I don't even have the words to thank everybody and uh had no idea had no idea well it just shows what a badass you are we all still love you to this day (laughs) (laughs) it scared the shit out of me as an early teen (laughs) and you were 14 good god almighty i've listened to a lot of people that were 12 (laughs) and 14 and i mean where were your parents at Oh, my dad bought it for me. I was reading uh, uh, Salem's Lot when I was eight years old. <laughs> I had good parents in that regard. I'll always give them give them that credit. I, I took an interest in horror when I was was very young, and um, my you know my dad caught me watching like the original Salem's Lot miniseries when I was probably six or seven. It was on TV, and that was scary as shit. Like I, I remember watching it even later in life, going, I can't believe I watched that at six years old, and um, I would swipe my uncle's books when he came up. I'd swipe, you know, I think the first one I stole from him was, uh, um, shit. I think it was Salem's Lot. I, I swiped the book because I saw the miniseries. And then my dad saw me reading it, and he's like, fine. Uh, for Christmas, he got me uh, Tommy Knockers and uh, Needful Things. And he goes, if you can read either one of these and not have nightmares for the next two days, I'll get you the next <laughs> one. I was like, all right, Dad, game on. And that was it. Um, I don't know. Some you people, know, might, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, you just, you just reminded me. Uh, I, I never thought of this in, in any interview, or even until now. But I was uh, five, six, seven. I listened. You know, I had an AM radio, mm-hmm. and then we had the little, we had the little green screen TV that you know had two or three channels that. Oh, yeah. At the end of at midnight, went you know, and uh, <laughs> uh, TV was off. Uh, it was done. Yeah. 
you know, worldwide, nationwide. Anyway, but I had an AM radio and I listened to Dark Shadows. Yes. Uh, and the show, E.G. Marshall. Yeah, this is E.G. Marshall. And tonight, <laughs> a mystery in the sand. The classic radio <laughs> Hold place. on. Yeah. <laughs> and I listened to that and I used to, I mean, I, I have memory that is incredible. And I would reenact them the next day or the next day. And uh, I guess that's, I never thought of acting then, but that was, uh, that was my, I just, I, and those were scary, you know, I mean, those sure. were scary stories, never scared me, but I would reenact those for days. And I never really thought about that until two minutes ago. <laughs> but that's awesome like that's formative stuff man like that i remember that shit shaped my writing i loved the idea that any kind of written word could could leave me unsettled even at that age i thought that was such a cool thing and uh yeah no that's awesome to be able to uh, picture it you know and and then yeah. you know uh i actually did several radio uh uh broadcast uh, productions that uh, I don't even know if they do them anymore, but you know, you got the Foley effect guys with the shoes. Mm-hmm. They're coming back with a belt. Ding, 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 ding. You know, somebody <laughs> and then the actors were all standing around Mike. Oh no, he shouldn't go there. Why? Why? You know, <laughs> I did a few of those and, and then it really dawned on me what I was listening to way back then. Cause yeah. then it was all real, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, no, that, that stuff's actually coming back in a weird way. The podcast medium has brought a lot of that back, and um, I love it. I used to love those. I used to listen to, like, I, I still have some rerun on cassette tape somewhere in my parents' house when they did a rebroadcast of War of the Worlds, and I just remember it blowing my mind as a kid. Now, this is you know, years and years. But I love that the stuff. The Shadow. The Shadow Knows. <laughs> and E.G. Marshall. He was the main one. This is E.G. Yeah. Marshall. You know, it's almost like a Rod Sterling type thing. Yes. But on the radio, way back. Well, yeah, he was back. Just... too old. <laughs> a few years back. <laughs> a few, a couple. Just a couple. Uh. <laughs> All right, Nick. This one's yeah. yours. Gotta hear yeah, this. so uh, so you you've now got you know the 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 role of uh, on Phantasmagoria, and so kind of take us back to what you can remember of of kind of like the first days on set. Uh, obviously, like you you described, like you had kind of no idea what you're walking into in terms of you know it's being a you know CD ROM game, you know it's uh, obviously for the time probably you know pretty forward thinking i would think in terms of like being you know, acting in front of you know blue screens green screens obviously i, I think in today's world that it feels like old hat you know you, you have like you know you know like you know star wars and whatnot where like you know the, the, like that's that's just like you know that, that's something that's you know the audience is used to but you know back then i would imagine this is this is fairly new you know new concepts for you like you know, kind of walk us through that yeah it was i mean uh i saw the the last starfighter you know that was uh, mm about as much as I knew and the games that I had played at that point were at friend's house and it was, uh, almost like Atari, you know, or Galaga. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, uh, it was, there was no video, of course. Uh, yeah, my favorite one. And I don't remember what it was called. And it was a buddy of mine and, and, uh, just the world war and, you know, you nuke each other. And just, it's all about blowing each other up. And that was a lot of fun. 
but it wasn't anything like you know what Fantas turned or most games are. But uh, yeah, the first day I get spent with a script. Uh, they buzzed me by the studio. I I remember them buzzing me by the studio, but I don't really remember anything because the second day when I got there and saw there were no sets was my first question. Where's Where's the sound? <laughs> Well, it's a big house. It's a big house, you know. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, we saw the the first renditions and many, many, many trailer that uh, realized, wow, it's a big house. <laughs> so you were actually given like you know, kind of like concept art or you know, you know, concept of like what you were, you know, acting within, so to speak. Roberta did. Roberta was wonderful. I mean, she had a vision and it. Uh, she was she was probably the the best, absolutely the best I ever worked for in detailing what she had written and the vision. Um, there's only so much, you know, with a ten thousand screen, you know, screen, <laughs> you know, do it because uh, you know, and we and they had cameras, some twirling, some on a, a dolly, some some on a big, you know, track and. Uh, you know, we'd do stuff and they'd constantly be stopping us and saying, uh, wait, 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 okay, uh, Victoria, uh, move two inches left. David, your right arm, just about a half inch. There you go. Now you're in the room. <laughs> and so it was it was great, you know. Uh, it was very difficult uh, doing that stuff, but I I totally loved it. We had, we had so much fun. I wish so- I knew now, but I, you know... Could have known then. <laughs> and 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 so it, you you kind of you know describe it like you, like you're kind of almost at their mercy in terms of you know it's like you're relying on them to you know put you in in the scene so to speak. Were there kind of any other kind of difficulties uh, coming out of you know basically acting within uh, a space of nothing other than you know you know the blue green screen you know to the one side and you know the camera to the other obviously. And that yeah, table this with was, the this was, Right. <laughs> the table. Yeah. This, this was all blue. And uh, the first actual scenes that we shot were the snowman scene, you know, at the table. Oh, wow. So my cigarettes were real. That was a real prop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the snowman was real, but that was it. Wow. <laughs> and, and Roberta and the director, Peter, were both great at really, really trying to give us a, a visual picture of where we were at and what we were doing. And, and the first scenes, I, you know, I was, I was loving it. Uh, it felt like a movie, you know, uh, yeah. and that's what it was described. It's going to be like a movie, but you got to decide where to go. And, uh, so I loved those. And then, you know, of course, then it got crazier and crazier. And I, <laughs> I, I couldn't envision what people were going to see. Uh, and so I just had full trust in Roberta, you know, and it all, it all worked out fine. It all worked out just great. And she would be excited sometimes. And if she wasn't happy with it, everybody knew. And we just made it right. Oh, that's awesome. She was wonderful. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm going to actually skip ahead to that question then because, you know, you talked about this even before we we you know did this interview and we were setting it up like what was it what was it like working with 
Uh, you might have worked with Roberta more than Ken, but w- what was it like working with them? Like, it sounds like Roberta had a real commanding idea of what she wanted. She was very uh, strict in discipline, and mm. her tenacity was beyond the charts. Uh, she had a vision, and she knew exactly what she wanted to see come off. I was in no place to question that, whereas on a, a movie, I would question directors now and then. Uh, there were very few things I ever um, pushed. Uh, yeah. One was the rape scene, which yeah. uh, Roberta let us know that this was going to be a, a very big deal. It was going to cause some issues, probably, and this and that. And and uh, rape is one of the things I hate the most in my life. I, just, I would... Uh, castrate ever son of a anyway that uh never did it but that's me and uh so we didn't rehearse it and then when we were doing it we'd already done the scenes where you see some nudity right and uh they were going to shoot it from behind and then slowly come up around quarter angle to the front so they could get my face expression yeah and uh i said well if it's going to cause this much controversy, well, why don't I lose the boxing shorts? Uh, yeah. And show my, at that time, what was great little ass. Now you have to Photoshop <laughs> it. So, and, and, uh, and they said, no, no, that's, that's probably too That was much. far, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the thing that was in my mind was, uh, and I'd, seen it in other films yeah um, where you don't see the guy pull down his pants or whatever and and do a rape scene to me which was always uh weird yeah and i just wanted to look like uh if we're gonna do it i wanted to look like it was you know really happening um, yeah but so that was the only that was one thing and you know we, did, we didn't we didn't do that but uh there were very few things I ever, uh, and, and also, uh, towards the end, I went, isn't there a version where Don lives? I mean, it's showbiz. Come on. I wanted that version. <laughs> fucking love Don. I, I remember oh, the hit line how do you save Don? <laughs> I've heard that more than anything else, I think. As it, crazy and as evil and, you know, uh, as bad as he got, I've heard more people say, you know, I still wanted to save Don, which yeah. I think is a big compliment. You knew, like, and, and I got to say, that was such a compliment to you. Like, even that scene, which, you know, anyone that's played the game will, will say it, it, especially for the time, but even today, it's it's an unsettling scene. Even if, you know, we talk about just acting chops for a minute, like, your face almost is otherworldly. Like, you, you kind of go full demon in that scene, and it just, it's chilling. And it's one of those, like, even after that, like, I, I still remember when, you know, you're playing as Adrian and you're trying to escape. And you talked about the snowman, like, you know, I, I, I spoiler alert, fuck, the game's almost older. You know, it's not older than me, but God damn it. But, like, the snowman is a big connector. You know, it's a, it's, it's a very special thing between Don and Adrian. And you show it to to Dawn, and it's like she's trying to bring him back. And I just remember, like, did I do it at the wrong time? Like, is there a way I could do this and and not chop his face in half, please? Like, 
or her or her (laughs) or her you know and it was just one of those like you played this character and and i think in a way and 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 i've said this to people that i know i've talked to that that said oh it's like the shining but worse and i i would always counter it's like the shining but better because like if we're talking about the original one with jack with jack nicholson that yeah. character is never likable. Like, and I love the movie, and I love the book, and I love the the miniseries after. But th- for that particular movie, Nicholson's character was just not likable. Like, he was just kind of evil from the start. Whereas, like with Don, you know, you get that beginning scene, and you see like this is a really loving person, and he's a good person that just got, you know stricken and faced with something that he could not defeat and it really made you sympathetic to that and i think if there's one thing that that put this a step ahead of the shining and again thanks to your own playing of the character it was that even in the worst moment you know before the demon just shreds your skin and now you're running from a giant monster it's like you really cared about that character because you saw where you started from and the way you played that decline was fucking awesome man like I've, I've been wanting to say that all week but like i always like whenever wow. i heard the shining comparison i was just like no like nicholson's character was never likable you can't say that about don gordon no way well that's a extremely extremely nice compliment i i really appreciate it oh absolutely but it's oh my god um, so we'll, we'll go we'll go from you know the darker to the funny. Obviously, you know, with the day to day of filming a 400 page script, um, and, and that seems like run of the mill for Sierra. I heard John Chris Davies called one of their games where he was the narrator, the script from hell, um, because it was tons of pages. But like, obviously, you get downtime or even in between scenes with bloopers and everything. Do you have any particularly fun or funny memories with the cast uh, that I, you, you want to share? Yeah, I do. Um, and with my ADD, when I have a thought, I, I got to go with it, or it'll, uh, it'll be next week before I bring it back up. To you. <laughs> um, in fact, I just forgot what it was. No, you're in the you're in the driver's seat, man. But it was uh, when when uh, Victoria and I I got this. I remember we had to we had to go meet with some union representatives or something because yeah. we were you know the first contract for Astra, I think ever. And wow. What was called the new media i think she's contract one i'm contract two holy and, shit uh, yeah that's cool i have it framed you know uh doesn't mean a lot now but about a hundred years after i'm dead it might mean something like you know i think rudo valentino was contract one or one of the dude very more and sag after that is a pioneer right there i'm really well, they weren't together yet it was sag and after i did something for uh, electronic arts the year before that was that uh sag this mm-hmm. was uh, Astra, and uh, anyway, uh, I remember saying in that meeting, "Okay, uh, is there are there residuals? No, there still aren't <laughs> residuals for actors." <laughs> and look at the money this freaking thing made. I mean, oh man, that'd have been, uh, that'd have been a a life changer. Uh, could have really gambled a lot then. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, not gambled, but uh, <laughs> none of those things. <laughs> but okay, now back to your question. What was that again? Oh shit! Now you're playing moments, a mic. Uh, funny moments. Funny, funny moments. moments. <laughs> Two peas in a pod right here. 
<laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, uh, you know, a lot of things. Uh, after a while, uh, I really, I really uh, tore that piece of face up, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, it, it would fall off in the middle of takes sometimes. And you know, we're working on that, and 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 poor Victoria, her her pants just every week were <laughs> looked like dog had shredded them almost. I mean, it was just. <laughs> One thing after another like that, but uh, there were a lot of funny moments. I, I just I can't remember right now. I'll remember, you know, an hour and a half after we're off the phone. I'll, I'll text you. <laughs> but there, there and was I a lot of intro, I swear. <laughs> there was a lot of laughter on the set. I mean, a lot of laughter. Uh, I am a very funny guy. Uh, much more funny than I am scary. I, I usually play comic relief, yeah, comic relief role in something, or uh, or the scary guy. I think mean, I started in about fourteen horror films, and then the others. I, I'm always uh, comic relief, you know. And uh, I, I got a, a, a pilot that unfortunately didn't get to go. It was it was a big one. It was Rob Reiner, Castle Rock, Henry Winkler. It was uh, Pistol Pete. And it was my first time to sign oh. a full, a full pilot with a role. I mean, year after year, you know. But uh, when I said, "Okay, it's great," when they offered me the part, and, and then I go, "Now, what exactly is my character?" And they go, "You're the comic relief. You're like Don Knotts." Uh, I love <laughs> Don Knotts. I love him, but I didn't see myself as Don Knotts. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> We shot that. I don't know how much they spent. Millions, I'm sure. It had a, yeah. a 35, uh, RE35, you know, ca- uh, camera, sometimes four cameras shoot. Holy Thousand shit. people on the set with, I mean, huge. And then uh, Rob Reiner, I wish I had this footage. I was the uh, day one of shooting was, uh, I was the first, the first scene. It was yeah. just a couple of lines. And I was really nervous, didn't want to fuck up. And <laughs> Rob Reiner said, I'm going to do the clap on this and he took the clapboard and walks out to me. I'm standing by a fence and things. And he goes, All right, David, you know what? This is going to be your all in the family, like, like it did for uh-huh. me. This is going to be, I think, a very, very long running series. And uh, are you ready? Are you ready to do this? I said, yes, sir, I am. He goes, just be yourself. Have fun. Let it go. All right, David Holmes, scene one, take one. Start a crystal peak long-running series. And clap it. And I said my two lines. And there were probably 700 people watching. And people were laughing. It didn't even sound funny to me, but my goofiness. And we shot the whole thing. And then I kept calling Castle Rock. Because my parents wanted to know when, when's it going to air? When's it going to air? Well, they don't tell you that. You you look in the TV guide at that time. <laughs> you yeah, can see, oh, here it comes. And then I got a call from from Castle Rock. I think it was from Rob Rob, but uh, telling me, uh, David, the the uh, sh- show's done. Well, why? It, it hadn't even aired. And we the guy that played Pistol Pete. Yeah. The, We'd already finished the pilot, and this was weeks later, and then the, the guy that played Pistol Pete uh, got killed on a motorcycle accident, 
Oh, and uh, that that stopped it all. That, that was it, you know. And I remember saying, "Well, well, well, well wait, wait, we can't show it and put another pistol feed in." Uh, but nope. Is that the guy yeah, that was? In, uh, it was a short-running series, The Kindred. It was a vampire series. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was. I didn't know who he was, but evidently he was known enough to, you know, be put into that position. Um, so yeah, that was a real bummer. And I, yeah. you know, and I, I, I had several times that I got down to like two, like one was a, a show called Wings that ran for, <laughs> you know, a number of years. And yeah. I got down to me and one other guy for the mechanic. And mm. now. And Thomas Hayden. Yeah. Church, you God damn it. <laughs> so, you know, it was down to the two of us and we were in the waiting room and I was looking at him and. You know, and I also was teaching a lot of acting by then, yeah. and I was sizing it up, and I went, "He's got that character look. That goo- he just got the look." If I was directing, I cast him. Plus, I thought I was way too good looking, probably upstage the lead. You know, in the series, <laughs> <laughs> it ain't it ain't bragging if you can do it. But, yeah, no, absolutely, like, absolutely. Yeah. So, and we went in red, and and before I left the room, I stopped and turned around, and I said. I appreciate y'all bringing me in, keep me in line for whatever's down the road. If I were directing, I would go with him. And Dude, then the that's, casting. That's awesome. No, yeah, I casting that's... Director came, she, yeah, casting director came out and she, let me just, and she, she said, Dave, that was, I never saw an actor say that before, but uh, you were so funny. Talent wise, no question, but yeah, character wise, they, they are going to go with him. Yeah. Wow. And and she ended up casting me and stuff later. So but that's I mean, that's such a credit to you, though. And, and I mean, I hope like anyone listening to this that that wants, you know, that might be an aspiring actor or whatever, like, you know, not being an asshole can go a long way. And like just something like that is is such a great tip of the hat to the kind of person you are, man. That's that's awesome. I just it's, it's so funny. I haven't thought about that show in years. And God, how different would our world have been? I probably wouldn't even be talking to you right now. You'd have been in Sideways. You know, I think that was before Fantas, I think. So I might not even go. Yeah, that was early 90s, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, you look back in life and there were things like uh, like that. You know, a number of things. I'm just so pissed off. My little son of a bitch. (laughs) You know, but if you look back in retrospect and in hindsight, you know, yeah, what 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 turned out to be the best or absolutely or who knows i mean that could have been the best you know who knows but uh, uh what you just have to uh do the best you can do it doesn't matter in acting it doesn't matter what it is whatever you gentlemen do uh you just just do the best treat everybody treat everybody like you want to be treated mm-hmm. uh absolutely and nobody is above anybody else some people get a little bit luckier than others at time to time and just have the chances. Keep going. Just believe in yourself and do it. And, uh, you know, you know, that leads me. I want to say this real fast, guys. Um, oh, do what you want, man. Yeah, I just want to. Ah, I want to get emotional. I just want to say uh, all the best to uh, I have so many friends in Russia. And they're against yeah. this freaking shit. 
and I have so many friends in Ukraine and uh, just want to let them all know we're all behind them. We're all Absolutely. beside them and just wish, wish the best. It's all a fucked up, horrible situation from here on. But yeah. No, with anyway. you and absolutely that's the most politics right. i've ever talked on social media ever and because uh, i don't do politics or religion on social media but this is just <laughs> just uh, tears me apart no i i hear you and uh we you know we always generally try to avoid it but it's just this this changes a world in a way and, and uh yes, indeed. Our, you know our hearts are and and even you know donations i can make and, and stuff that i've done like we're 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 behind them a hundred percent, and uh, I appreciate yeah. you just you know being so uh, open you know as far as that. But now we're right there with you. Not to take away from the fun we're having, man. It's awesome that nah. we're here and having this fun, opposed to what you know position we could be in. And uh, I appreciate you letting me intercept that. Yeah, no, it's um, it, it's a good reminder, you know, as we're we're having, you know, time here, and and the world is what you know what it is now, and just the you know obviously things like this help li- 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 liven it up a little bit, but you know our hearts and and thoughts are with everybody over there right now. We'll hope think for the le- yeah, I think of the levity of the. And yeah, talk about getting an acting role, and you know, and uh, <laughs> it just seems so so superficial compared to you know what others yeah. are dealing with. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we were talking on the phone earlier this week, and it's you know, talking about stuff like this makes me miss you know my my <clears throat> younger days where this you know this was. I don't know. I I, I feel you, man. I feel you, and I um. I, I don't know, like, and and I'm not, you know, obviously I'm not trying to like to to stop on that, but I really do appreciate that, and 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 obviously our our hearts are in the same place. But the things you do, you know, as far as an actor and and the things that you've done, you know, can affect a lot of people in in a way that you may never have realized or anticipated, and you know. You, we, you talked about the things that might have been and, and all that, but, you know, the thing that, the you know, this thing that you had that was Phantasmagoria has resonated with people for almost, uh, shit, my math is failing me, almost 30 years now? Fuck, really? Yeah, almost 30 years, and it's 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 something that people continue to go back to as you know something that that brings them joy or or memories of of a better time and you know what does that mean to you today that like this is still something almost you know 30 years on that people still you know there are people that can't get enough of it and that love it i mean myself included i love this game i played it for charity like two years ago to try to go through the whole thing and like, what does that mean to you that had a part in it, that it, it still means so much to some people today? It means the world. It means the world. I'm, I'm telling you, that's that's why I went ahead and, and uh, wrote the book. And it really, uh, I didn't know how general public. <laughs> <'Cause>, uh, 
Uh, there was a, a nurse that bought it recently that had been taking care of mom, and, and she left a message. She goes, thank God I had my husband with me, because, damn, that would have given me nightmares. That, <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was love poetry, and I was like, but I loved it. I was addicted to it, but, damn, I never read poetry like that, David. And uh, I said, did you read the disclaimer of why I wrote it? Yes. No, no, that's what made it uh, make sense. And I thought, well, yeah. uh, general public... <laughs> buying it awake i dream oh how beautiful sunsets on the beach with smelling tulips and and uh, whatever yeah. <laughs> and then get into it and they're like oh jeez so but i wrote it for uh, the fans i mean it was uh i just i wanted to say thank you somehow and so many people you know play it yearly i mean they know it they know it better than i do and uh you know as you Seen, reading the book, the yeah. people that really know it, there. I'm getting great comments. I'm getting the most awesome comments and responses. So uh, that 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 worked. That's that's what I wanted wanted to happen. That's awesome. And just to clarify, we're talking about David's book, Awake I Dream, and it was inspired by you know his uh, role in Phantasmagoria. And it's a phenomenal book of, of poetry that he released back in, I want to say, October of 2021? It I'm came a- out in October 31st, but that's the night I was supposed to do a uh, play the game. I've never played the game live with the people who published before, and I was going to play it live for the first time for the Children's Miracle Network, a charity I heavily sponsor. Yep, and uh Yeah found my mom on the floor and uh, we ended up going to the hospital that night and I oh, Jesus. Robert Holmes jumped in and covered me on the interview thank God but uh oh Bob we just know, so it hasn't yeah. been till mid-January that I've actually started being able to do any of these podcasts and I had relatives first cousins that I would send a message and they go oh I didn't know your book was out cry <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, no, it's. I guess I was naive and thinking everybody would know as soon as it came out, but uh, evidently not. <laughs> well, I I gotta say again to your credit, it's the second time you've left me unsettled in the best of ways as a horror fan. Uh, we talked about this. <laughs> I loved it that you're the one work you have in there. Nervous. I swear to God, that's something like that's a feeling that goes through my head at night, and it's why I cannot sleep in silence. Because my own mind will run away with the. Uh, Do you concern. have it? Do you have it in front of you? I'd love to hear you read uh, it. Uh, you, give me, give me two seconds, actually. I uh, I can pull this up here because I was reading it uh, last night, so it should be on that page. I'll be two seconds. There it is. Awake, I dream. Nervous. When the lights are dimmed and the smiles are washed away. Only then do we see the ugly, bare truth that in the opening act was so beautiful. Where can you find that, that which has not been covered by promise? Where time is still private and the soul is relaxed in friendly repair. You choose to run an adventurous company, all with a willingness to share in what is rarely felt or seen. This is a narrow path lined with much confusion all we really wish uh, all we really wish for is to hunt while we sleep 
and then to awaken with compassion and clear eyes. I swear to God, man, that, that'll probably be my goddamn epitaph. Wow, it gives me goosebumps hearing you read it. That's wild. That's wild. I actually just got goosebumps. That's weird. Oh, man. Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm humbled. But it's just, it really, I don't know, like, you know, people can sit there and say, oh, this piece of writing really resonated. But like that, I don't know if there was like something that summarized my my brain in silent times. It was that poem. And it was just, uh, I'm I, like I said, I'm, I just about finished last night. But that that's still the one I come back to as I'm shutting the book, you know, uh, shutting my Kindle down. I go back and read it again because it was just like, it, that just resonates with the, the kind of person that I am and, and um, I don't know, the way my mind works. I just, it's great. Like, highly recommend this book to anybody listening, Awake I Dream. And we're going to talk more about that. Um, but it's it's fantastic. It's, it's kind of, in a sense, uh, you know, your love letter to the fans inspired by the book and it's just, or inspired by the game. It's so, so good. The writing is great. The illustrations, um, we'll talk about those. Are phenomenal. Yeah. Awesome. 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 But, um, I, you know, one of the things we like to do on here for our listeners, you know, a lot of people are, are creative people, people starting out and whatever that creative, you know, profession might be. And I like to dive into, you know, how people create. And you kind of went into it a little bit and that, you know, you handwrite and stuff. But can you describe your writing process a little bit more when it came to this book uh, as you wrote it? Like what, you know, maybe a, a day in writing Awake I Dream? Um, about, two, I'd say, two-thirds of it I had written during uh, the Phantasmagoria production. And uh, it started uh, probably day three night three it was after we'd get off set and uh i was i was you know trying to feel this character don and and reread the script again and, and saw you know where the direction he was going and i think it was just uh wanting to put out the underlying real underlying feelings what may not be portrayed yeah on the screen of other other thoughts of who he really was yeah uh, along the way and uh instead of just from good to crazy that uh, there was a transition uh even in his mind subconsciously as to what was happening to him and where his his mind was going uh that's that's what i had per- perceived of it the, the last bit i wrote uh in the last probably three years, uh, mm-hmm. two years, when I decided to go ahead and get it done. And that was just prior to our virus year. And uh, yeah. then we were shut down for a year, and I went, now's the time. Get this freaking thing done. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and you know, and I refer to time. I have been referring to time. Uh, you know, the virus year, the shutdown year. And, oh, yeah. Uh, that year that lasted like two years. Yeah, I've noticed lately, which is a little disgusting almost, but I'm saying uh, since since the start of the war, during the war, you know, I've changed the time frame uh, so people would get a time of things I'm doing now, uh, which is a very surreal way to 
be speaking. So, but that was what it was. So, uh, and I, uh, Victoria had read some of them. I, I don't know if it was on, I think it was back in LA and, and said, Oh, these are cool. These are, these are really cool. And at that time I didn't own a computer. Mm-hmm. Last thing I was thinking was put a book out for the fans. I didn't even know <clears> yeah. going to be fans like this. I just shoved it all away. And then thank God I, it made it back to Texas with me because I'm so proud of the book. I am, I am really proud and I am my toughest critic big time. Yeah. And I was, I was very pleased. It's, it's a fantastic book. And then just for anybody listening, Victoria, uh, we're referring to, uh, you might fill in the last name because I'm forgetting at the top of my head, but she played Adrian, uh, the main character in Phantasmagoria. Yeah, Victoria, well, Marcel, but she's married, uh, and I, I apologize, man, I don't remember her last name now, but uh, I watched her interview recently, and she looked so good, and she looked so happy, and it was wonderful uh-huh, awesome. to, uh, yeah, to watch her relive memories, and, and uh, I mean, it was, it was great, it was very nice, because I've, I've been doing some of these for a little while now, and it was yeah. great to to see her perspective and and relive it too oh that's awesome yeah it's it's uh that oh yeah definitely definitely another person i'd love to talk to just to hear your your perspectives but um back on your book one thing i really want to get out there who did these amazing illustrations like even in the kindle version you get the illustrations and they're absolutely beautiful but i imagine uh, in color they're probably even better they're fantastic well, yeah, they're black and white because that is the way I okay. uh, had to, had to publish. On, okay. Uh, and, and so, and I knew this ahead of time that they'd be black and white, so I told him black and white. And then I, the book was going to be called my my night of darkness or some some yeah. something. And uh, I was up at my sister's for one month to get it all done. My wonderful sister was the editor and helped help me to get it published or I probably wouldn't have it done yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had uh, talked to Rodrigo Valero in, in, in uh, Brazil, a great, brilliant artist, a friend for a very long time who offered to do this. And, uh, you know, it was just going to be poems on paper. I can lie, you know, and just gave it a whole nother life. But yeah. I said, I can use one color photo for the cover. And he just had won some awards for the butterfly photo and sent that to me. And that yeah. right then I changed it to Awake I Dream, my, one of my favorite poems from it. It fit with the butterflies. At that time, it's prior to the war. And I was thinking, Awake I Dream. That's a good message, even though the poems are uh, different. <laughs> yeah. But the, yeah. The Awake I Dream is what I. I was feeling this world is in a state of being awake, but walking around like a zombie, just yeah. dreaming of something else, uh, something better, something different, something, you know, move us forward. And uh, that's where Awake I Dream, and that's why I wrote that poem, too. That that was my thoughts. That really wasn't from the game. That was written uh, way later. Mm-hmm and my thoughts of the world and where it's at. And then the poem, uh, the butterfly photo, just 
oh. just did beautifully. And we're uh, in the process now of having uh, some a hoodie and a couple of T-shirts, nice low V, uh, not low, <laughs> t- take it back, a, a V-neck for ladies mm-hmm. and a T-shirt for the men, but very high quality and a, and a hoodie that uh, real classy with a wake eye dream on it and uh since the war i uh called them and i said i want to change it wake a dream on the front but on the back and so we're still talking about it but i said i want the ukrainian flag and say uh and our dream does not ever end oh man Mm. when that's available please let me know because i will absolutely buy that and wear it everywhere I think uh, awesome. we're very close to that, and uh, and my my, my mother, <laughs> because you know, the book came out in end of October, mm-hmm. and then we were seven weeks in the hospital, so it was really mid January before I could even start talking to anybody and like letting people know it was out that yeah. uh, you know I, I wasn't even aware of, and uh, so it was not. Right at the end of February, and I was taking this huge stack of, because there's a lot of charities that I support, uh, five or six of them, and I, I donate a lot, uh, sign books, you know, to help raise money for the charity and some fan test stuff. And then mm-hmm. I was heading out the door, and she goes, "Wow, are you, uh, yeah, are you? How much mail is that going to be?" I go, "This is going to be over two hundred dollars." She goes, "You're a terrible <laughs> businessman. You've given away." More books than you have sold, and, and paying for the postage. And I said, <laughs> "I am. I'm a terrible businessman." But this, oh. is what, this is this is me. You know, it's me. This is what makes me happy, and to me makes a difference. And uh, if nobody else is going to buy it, then God damn it, I'm going to send it to all of them. <laughs> oh. yeah, it's just and, a, uh, such a testament to the person you are, man. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, there was another part of that, but I already forgot because I started laughing. <laughs> it's all good. Whatever you asked me originally, that, you know, that was the original thought. But uh, Rodrigo, yeah. we were talking about the illustrations, yes. Right, and and yeah, so the shirts and the uh, hoodie and all that. Oh, oh, so um, I was uh, talking, uh, doing a Zoom call with the people that I'm trying to line up to maybe make this. I don't know. I may look around a little more. And uh, and I said, and then I want, uh, I don't know, half, whatever the proceeds are, to go to uh, Ukraine, we'll, we'll pick the Children's Fund, whatever. Uh, they're going to need all the help they can get. Uh, yeah. Who knows what's going to end up. Uh, whatever it is. And uh, Mom said, you haven't even made those yet. You're giving away half of what you <laughs> Yeah, well, awesome. it's okay. It's okay. There need to be so, more people like you in this world, my friend. Uh, I appreciate that, but uh, they're in the works. That's uh, that's my one of my next. Uh, well, actually, one of my two top priorities. So that's in the works. So, where where can people go to get uh, to purchase your book? Just for those who don't know. Well, you can go to Amazon mm-hmm. and purchase it there. And I have uh, 
do I have? Um, a Facebook Pay. So if you're on Facebook and you shop in Messenger, it's the same thing as Facebook Pay. You can send me a private message. I've had a number of people do that. And you can pay right there through Facebook Pay. Uh, and it's 25 bucks, but I'll pay the postage in America, which is like five bucks, but I'll just take it out of it. I'll pay uh, overseas. Uh, just need to know where you're at. Now I have a list of countries of what it costs. So um, I'm I'm even splitting that with people. I know yeah, I'm no. terrible, man. Terrible. I just it's more important <laughs> for me to for me to have people have it and enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, I get that. I didn't I didn't write the book to get rich. I, I've never done anything to get rich. My new project now. Damn it, that's different. That's my retirement. Something's got to be my retirement. And uh, we'll see how that goes coming up. So but you, you can, can do that. And then I have I have PayPal set up tomorrow. So then you okay. can, people can send me an email if you want to give my email out. You can send me an email if you want a signed copy. I mean, I have like 30 waiting till I get PayPal set up. And then uh, uh, I didn't realize on Sunday I couldn't, couldn't reach them to do that final step. So, yeah. Uh, Tomorrow, I should have PayPal set up. Let me know, and then just let me know the email it's connected to, and, and we'll be happy to put that in the that's, show notes. That's for my it. Gmail, David Lee Home, <clears throat> number one, and Gmail, and just send me a message. Hey, I want a copy of the book and a signed copy of the book, and mm-hmm. this is my address, and then I'll, I'll get back with them. I'll have well, PayPal set up, you know, hopefully tomorrow. I'll put that out there cautiously. <laughs> I just don't want you to get any spam. <laughs> no, but yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so let's let's get into what what you hinted at there. At least what you can share. Um, you know, one of the things I really wanted to do with you is anything that you're working on that you can share right now. Uh, for all the fans of your work and and the people listening, like, what are you working on right now that you got cooking cooking in the background that you might be able to share with us? Uh, well, uh, uh, let's see. Well, there's a, a couple of movie projects. Uh, one, one I think will be shooting in Galveston, Texas and bring it all home. And then one, uh, one out in California. And then, uh, I imagine that would be around the summertime. And then, uh, the, my, uh, number one, my, my project, cause when I wrote the book, you know, I was like, ah, this is nice. Thank you to everybody. Yeah. And then I was in the middle of an interview at 3.30 in the morning because, you know, half my interviews are in the middle of the night because that's the other side of the world is awake. And uh, I came up with a, it's one of those just moments. Uh, I've had them twice before. I started the companies. Of course, I didn't think about owning them. And those are million-dollar companies now. And uh, this time, this time I thought, you know, I'm going to make sure that I'm on top of this one. And I mean, uh, time is flying by and a little older than I used to be. So, but it's the, uh, it's the best thing I can do. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be phenomenal. Provided that we have a world left for me to do it in, it's going to be phenomenal. Uh, yeah, because it involves me traveling all over the world. Oh, and, man. Uh, and uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, I had uh, 
someone I'm not even going to mention the name, but everybody knows who they are, and they're big in the game industry as they could possibly be, and and said, you know, one of the people I confided in to really make sure I was on track, yeah, and uh, and they got back to me and said, you know, this, you know. You know, we we think of you as royalty, David, in the gaming world, and that's always made me chuckle. But (laughs) you're going to make you're going to become the ambassador to everybody in the gaming world. The the ambassador, and the more I thought about it, I thought, well, that wow, I didn't think about that. That's not even why I'm doing this, but it's going to really unite the gaming world in a way that it's awesome never has been and it's going to help a lot of people and the help is the, that's the big thing that, that's the reason I, I started it I realized yeah. this could be the biggest give back thank you not to the, just the fan to the whole game world which is huge you know it's not just yeah. FMB and point I mean it's huge oh yeah and uh, anyway so that uh, it's coming up it's coming up definitely coming up well i i can't wait to hear more about it man because because honestly like you know we've kind of brushed on it but like you really were a part of gaming history i mean phantasmagoria in my opinion is is probably like there's that and one more game in sierra which was the second gabriel knight game but that was where those two were the first time where like hollywood movie style movies and and story and plot actually met computer gaming and did really really well like you're part of a very early part of gaming history where you know stuff like that started becoming more mainstream to more people and that's like that's incredible like it it may not you know may not uh, seem as much at the time but like that like when they start talking about the history of games and, and video games and they get into the CD-ROM era, like that's going to be one that's in the list every time because of how ahead of its time it was and how much it gelled with what people saw as a you know Hollywood production meeting a computer game. And um, but I mean that aside, you know as you kick the, this project off, you know obviously we'd love to have you back. And help you promote that. And God damn it, if you ever come out to the Northeast U.S., you got to let me know. Especially if you're in a drivable distance to Philadelphia, I will be there. <laughs> and uh, I would love to, you know, meet you, hang out, shake your hand, just say thank you for, you know, it's it's been a really awesome week just hanging out and and getting to know you and getting to know your work more on a, a personal level and and you as a person. But um. You know, well, you know, one of the one of the one of the things too was, a, as I developed this, I went, hey, you know what? I have thousands, thousands <laughs> of people. Uh, I don't even like to say fans anymore. I just, I just, I call everybody friends because they, uh-huh. they've been friends for so long. But I haven't met anybody hardly. <laughs> and this is going to uh, let me meet. So many that I've been oh, talking man. to over over the years. Uh, people get such a kick if I wish them a happy birthday. I'm like, well, damn, we got to meet. Uh, 
Uh, Dude, you wished me a happy birthday this year. I'll never forget. My my birthday is New Year's Eve, and I got a happy birthday from David Holm. I was like, holy shit, that's awesome. It's just little well, things hell, like I that. Thought I, was, I thought I was ordering a pizza. That was you? Okay. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, nah, it's just stuff like that means a lot to even, you know, to people like me and people that grew up with this work, man. Like, you really... Yeah. For me, you know, you you were the Jack Nicholson of my computer is, but you were better. You were better, uh, at least as far as The Shining's concerned. <laughs> well, I I uh, I want to thank you guys for letting me be a part of your group and letting me uh, please posting me on your show. Uh, it means uh, it means the world. Uh it's it really it's, does. It's been a pleasure having you, and we look forward to having you back on. Like I said, when you start kicking this off and and we'll figure something out you know either before you tour or as you're touring we'll figure something you can call us from wherever you're at like you're doing now and we'd love to promote anything you ever work on uh that you want to share with everybody uh we're right here for you man this has been an absolute pleasure and uh hope to have you on again and and well i'm I'm <laughs> I'm making I'm making my notes now, Nick. Nick, I haven't I haven't figured it out with you yet, but Alan, I know with you, I got to make sure Alan, your kids are in bed before I call. <laughs> but I will. Hey, you got you got the open line, man. If you ever need a chat or you got an idea, I'm I'm here for you, brother. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, no, thank you so much, David, and uh, yeah, I really appreciate. Yeah, total blast. I, I I always joke, you know, we 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 go for an hour, but I said to Nick uh, when I talked to you earlier this week, I'm like, don't make any plans. Uh, <laughs> Clear the calendar. Clear the calendar. We're I, gonna have some fun. <laughs> I do. I want to put one thing out too, because um, I have my costume and uh, I have my script. Now I didn't realize only like five people got a script. Nobody has a freaking script reverters is in a museum oh my um, god you have a script uh yeah and it's got her notes in red all the way through and peter's the director wow. in black and mine in blue and uh you know things like that uh i know that doesn't exist out there anywhere it would be very interesting for people to see the full original script with Wow. Especially with Roberta's notes to me as we went through it. But I have that, and uh, I was just fortunate. I put in the contract to keep my costume. Uh, oh, wow. Everything else was sold. <laughs> yeah. Auctioned that's off awesome, because that stuff's gone ever since Sierra got bought. Like They don't have much of anything from that left over. No, no. We were talking to a, uh, uh, Roberta and Ken, a museum guy in Hamburg, and he said, I can't find anything, and if I do, it's super expensive and yeah and, uh you know had requests for some of this stuff but uh i've kept the costume kept the script and i may need to end up selling it i'm not gonna just let it go i want it to go to somebody yeah. who's a serious person who won't put it in a garage sale the year after <laughs> um you know um i think it's a, a big part of gaming history I may need to sell it in order to finish the pilot for my project. Yeah. I'm still on the fence about it, but I'll just throw it out there. Anybody's listening. Maybe really, really interesting. <laughs> Other than that, uh, you're going to give away a signed copy of my book on your show, right? 
Yes, absolutely. So the way we're going to do this is for anybody that, you know, is listening to this episode now after we release it. What was the name of the early 90s show? Because everybody knows Phantasmagoria that's listening to this. So we're going to see how well they were paying attention. What was the name of the early 90s show that David went to an audition for and was such a gentleman and such a master of his craft that he realized that it should go to the other person that was auditioning with him who wound up playing in the movie Sideways. And we'll leave it at that. You don't have to you have to just say the show. You don't have to say the actor. If you listened and were following along, you'll find it. Uh, the first person that sends us on uh, the save point, on the post where I announced this contest, uh, and gets the correct answer, not the first person, but the first person with the correct answer, will get a signed copy of David's book. I think that's fair. Yes, fair. Hold on a second. Hey, Mom, go on side point. Go on side point right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what to say. <laughs> oh, David, my God, what a pleasure this has been. Thank you. I've had a ball. I've had a ball. This has been Thank fantastic. Thank you so much, man. Like, we've had so much fun talking to you. And obviously, we anytime, anything you got to promote, anything you're doing... You are more than welcome back. We'd love to have you, even just to shoot the shit and have beers on a miscellaneous Friday. You're welcome anytime. And uh, I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much, sir. My pleasure, Nick, Cal, and uh, thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. All right, everybody. Don Gordon, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you, David Holm, actor, author. We really appreciate having you on. This has been episode 87 of the Retro Rents. And as we always say and sign off, have fun, play games, and don't be dicks. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful.